Thank you for joining us today at River City Church, a church living in love. If you have a prayer need, would like to speak to a pastor, or have questions about today's message, please email us at info at rivercitysmyrna.com. For more information or to give to the ministries of River City Church, please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. God. Good morning. Good morning, family. You're all welcome. This is the day the Lord has made. Despite the snow, whatever, the icy road, this is the Lord's day. Hallelujah. He made it for you and me. It's a special day. It's a day of grace, love, joy, and peace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus is in the house. Jesus is in the house. Hallelujah. I'm going to read Psalm 85. Lord, you were favorable to our land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people. You covered all their sin, Selah. Let me hear what God, the Lord, will speak. For he will speak peace to his people, to his saints. But let them not turn back to folly. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him. That glory may dwell in our land. Steadfast love and faithfulness meet. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness spring up from the ground. And righteousness looks down from the sky. Yes, the Lord will give what is good. And our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him and make his footsteps away. Hallelujah. He's awesome. He's worthy. He's eternal. He's immortal. There's none like him. He's the ancient of days. The rose of Sharon. The lily of the valley. And he's here tonight. No, he's here this morning. Hallelujah. Come bless the Lord. Bless the Lord with me. Let's magnify his name together. He's worthy of all the praise. To his name alone be all the glory. And remember, we are seated in heavenly places. We are far above principalities and powers. Whatever is going out here, we are above it. Our situation, 
is under our feet. Why? Because we are seated in heavenly places. We are ruling and reigning with the Son of God. Hallelujah. Because we are sons of God. He called us into this, that we can do it with him from heavenly places. That is our status, our identity. That is who we are. Thank you, Father, that you called us to this high place and we reign with you. To your name be glory and praise. Hallelujah. Amen. God, I thank you that in your presence we come alive. Alive to our gifts, alive to our talents, alive to the essence of who we are that we can give back. And so we thank you for spaces where we can be free to be ourselves, free to connect with you and who you are. We thank you for the time of Advent, which allows us to slow down and create space to look inward and upward and outward. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you guys can be seated, seated for a minute. We're, we'll come back um, to sing one more song together. But we are um, in the Advent season. And one of the things we do at River City that I love um, is we use the creative arts as a lens to view Advent. Um, and so what this does is it gives um, voice to people in our community. And I love that um, it gives different voices. So we did some prophetic art last week. Thank you, Jessica, for that. It was beautiful. And yes. So if you didn't see it, we have pictures we probably need to post um, and then today, we're actually, Mike Malcolm, um, who we've known for several years, is going to be doing a spoken word for us. How y'all doing? Can y'all hear me? Y'all can hear me? Sweet, sweet. I'm just going to let this right here, because I, I do not like using mics. This is just not my thing. That's not my calling. <laughs> However, I'm going to do a spoken word. If y'all don't mind, I'll start with prayer and then I'll jump right into it if y'all don't mind. Uh, Lord, I just thank you for this time that we've had uh, these last few weeks in Advent. Lord, I just ask you, Lord God, that you will meet us halfway in our life wherever we're at. I ask you that you will continue to remain faithful in our faithfulness. And I ask you that you will continue to push us to whatever point in life that we're all right now, God. God, I thank you for your grace, your love, and your mercy. I thank you that every day we wake up, you, you, you bake a fresh back of mercies, and it's only taking you waiting for us when we wake up. I thank you for that. I thank you for the ones that couldn't be here. I thank you for the ones that are here. And I thank you, Lord God, just, just, for, just for allowing your spirit to be present. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. See, I wrote this poem about 10 years ago, and I still feel like it's hard to tell a man not to carry his burdens. It's like, Knocking is faith when there's no food to eat or bread to break. See, we graduate the state that we live because we ain't afraid to die to protect our own. And when Christ died for his own, he died with respect. But regardless if the game killed me with high beams or triple beams, the faith will never die, keeping us strong and alive. But sometimes it seems that our faith has died, making our souls hollow so that we can find a new way. And if we can't find it today, then we're searching for it tomorrow. But if tomorrow never comes, God puts us all in position for a setback because our setbacks are only setups to make a comeback. But some aspects in life seem undefined like ebonics, 
But it's up to us to bear this cross and finish the chronic. See, we learn from our mistakes like we hooked on phonics. Phonics? Let's talk about adversity. See, adversity lies in our eyes, but I refer to it as evolution. We're not apes that evolve into humans, but we're sperm cells that evolve into the solution. See, this is modern-day apocalypse. We've been traumatized from positive, making our pain sink in, manifesting itself into illusionary darkness that's been passed on from generation to generation. See, hope has been a perpetuation since Martin Luther King put his dream in motion, but we've been lied to like doctors can't find theories and potions. But our devotion is to emphasize before we criticize. See, the world sees us as the greater, the greater adversary, but still, we rise, 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 rise above death because it has no place for you. Amen. So we're supposed to stand taller than Rocky Mountains and sky blue. Amen. So just imagine the damage that would be planned if we were all standing. What would happen if we were filled with compassion and passion to keep our generations asking? So keep your mind on your mission and your mission on your mind. Grind till you shine and tell the world, don't worry about mine. Whether you live for a while or die with a smile, God will look down and say you did it. Just remember for always and forever, my people, that the sky is the limit. That was awesome. Thank you. It's so brave. I love that. Bearing your soul for us. So we appreciate that. Um, I'm going to ask some craze. Where are you guys? There you are. I'm, I'm so used to seeing you over there. You guys can't change up your spots on me. They're going to um, come up and lead us in our Advent candle lighting service. All right. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended that her iniquity is pardoned, that she is received from the Lord's hand, double for all her sins. A voice cries, in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill will be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry, and I said, what shall I cry? And all flesh is grass, and all, the, all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Go up on to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem herald of good news. <clears throat> Lift it up, fear not. Say to the cities of Judah, behold your God. Behold, the Lord God comes with might and his arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and he will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. We watch and wait for Christ's coming. During this Advent season, we light candles of hope, peace, joy, and love, remembering the promises of God with prayer and thanksgiving. Today, on the second Sunday of Advent, we light candles in hope and love. Please join us as we pray corporately. God of hope and love, you call us from the exile of our sin 
with the good news of restoration. You build a highway through the wilderness. You come to us and bring us home. Comfort us with expectation of your saving power. Made known to us in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. I was actually thinking this morning, um, so many different parts to our service, just how grateful I am for our community. Because um, you just never really know what's going to happen, right? Um, I love all the different elements and um, just how unique you all are. I feel grateful for you. Um, so, second week of Advent, um, it's probably might, might be my favorite season of the year. Um, we're going to create some space to um, explore Advent today. So if you'll please um, close your eyes, we'll just pray. Uh, God, will you just be present with us, Emmanuel? We drink deep of who you are, and we are grateful to be in this moment having known and read and experienced Christ, the Emmanuel. And so we look to embody that this Advent season. Will you birth your presence anew in us and through us that others may experience Emmanuel? And will you give us hope as we look forward to when you come again? In Jesus' name, amen. Um, okay, so this is the second week of Advent. If you have never experienced Advent, it's the beginning of the Christian calendar. So um, the new year, essentially, in the Christian calendar begins the first Sunday of Advent. And so there's four weeks of Advent that lead up to Christmas, which is then 12 days. And so Advent is a time where we really sit in the waiting and in the anticipation of the coming of Christ. And so we remember that for the Israelites, they for hundreds and hundreds of years were waiting for this Messiah to come, the rescuer, and what that was like. And then we understand that, and we also, too, groan and wait for Christ to come back. Um, so it's this tension of the now and the not yet. And I feel like I had this um, Advent moment um, this morning. Because who in here does not have power? Right, a couple of us still hanging on. So, yeah, we don't have power, um, and that's been super fun with three kids. Um, so we lost it yesterday morning at 7, and we're just waiting. You know, it was like, surely it's going to come back on. You know, and every time we would, we tried to, like, kill time. We drove around yesterday, and we came back to the house, and we're like, it's going to be on. It's going to be on. No. Okay, so when we left again, we came back. It's going to be on. No. And so until I think 9.30 was the last time we returned to our house last night, and it was still not on. And the waiting for the power to come on and the groaning for the power to come on was a real thing. And it didn't come out. So this morning, uh, so by the way, last night, like Josh said, we slept in the prayer room. Um, we had a big slumber party with our family. And then this morning I went home to get ready, and it was um, early, so it was really dark. And there's something about that, right? Like anyone else up in the dark in the snow, it's so magical, right? So, um, and I grew up in New York, so that used to be my reality, and I don't get to experience that as much anymore. 
So just being in the dark and the cold and the crisp was so magnificent. And so I drive home and I get ready to go on my street and it is pitch black, right? Because there's no, the whole street, even the street lights are out. So it's like driving into this dark tunnel. So I go home and I'm like trying to get ready with my flashlight. And then as I'm leaving my house, the sun starts to creep up. And I was reminded of that verse that says, that in the darkness they have seen a great light. And I was like, that's Advent, right? We are sitting in the darkness. We are sitting in the, wake, in the waiting, sometimes the hopelessness. And then the sun begins to creep up. And you think, oh, it's coming. It's coming. And then now look at it, right? We are bathed in sunlight. And that is Advent. But it's a both and. Okay, though we know that the sun is coming, it doesn't negate that the fact that sometimes we sit in the dark and sometimes we sit in the hoping and in the waiting and in the darkness, right? But as heralders of the kingdom, we say the light is coming. And so I believe that that's the message for you guys today. Um, in the passage that we read earlier, the Isaiah 40, it starts off with comfort, comfort my people. And, and the double language there is meant for emphasis, like comfort, comfort. And that is what I believe that God wants us to receive today, that he wants you to receive, is no matter where you are in your waiting, there is comfort to be had, right? Okay, but I did want to start off with something a little bit different. Um, and for those of you that know me, this is going to probably seem familiar. Um, but when I looked at the, so the lectionary is passages of scripture that are um, set aside for the whole year. So um, as we move through Advent, we're going to be sort of speaking through the lectionary. So um, the lectionary is a collection of, it's got an Old Testament, a Psalm, a New Testament, and a Gospel. And I just felt like they tied together so beautifully today that we're going to read through them all at some point. Um, but I wanted to start again with this Psalm 85 passage that Antramika read at the beginning because I, I think as we have sort of landed on this theme of love, that this really puts a spotlight on the love relationship between God and Israel. So Bill's going to put it up on the screen, and we're, I'm going to read it to you so you don't have to read along, okay? But I want you to sort of pay attention to the language and even pick up a word or a phrase that jumps out to you. Okay. All right. Lord, you were favorable to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people. You covered all their sin. Selah. Let me hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people, to his saints. But let them not turn back to folly. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him that glory may dwell in our land. Steadfast love and faithfulness meet. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs up from the ground and righteousness looks down from the sky. Yes, the Lord will give what is good and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him and make his footsteps away. Okay, does everyone have a word? do this? If not, just make up a word that has to do with God. <laughs> just God will do. It will serve our purpose. Okay, 
Um, one of the gifts of Advent is this sort of stillness, the silence, the dark, um, which um, we are invited to sort of sit in. And so in our spiritual formation groups, in our 12 groups, we do a lot of silence. And I was like, let's do that on Sunday morning because that sounds appropriate. That's what we're going to do. We're going to sit in the silence together for just a few minutes. Um, and I'm doing this for a couple of reasons. One, we've got to learn to sit in the silence, especially with each other. Um, we often want to, like, fill that up with noise, with talk, with arguments and debates. And how often do we get together and just sit with each other? So that's what I would like for us to do. And as you feel distracted or as you feel like this is super awkward, I'm at a church and I'm just sitting here, and you start to get the antsy feeling, pick up your word and just meditate on that. Okay? Does that make sense? Okay. do that all day guys it's so great and I really hope one of the other reasons I wanted to do that today is I'm just going to encourage you during this season there's a lot of noise there's a lot of light there's a lot of sound to find some silence you will there's no better way to get in touch with your belovedness as a child of God than in the silence when there's no distracting noise um, okay we're gonna move on um all right, we're going to read um, Isaiah passage again, um, 41 through 11. Um, here we go. Okay, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries, in the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh 
shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry. And I said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Go on up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Lift it up, fear not. Say to the cities of Judah, behold your God. Behold, the Lord God comes with might and his arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. All right, so I love Isaiah for Advent because um, Isaiah was a prophet during the captivity of Israel. And so um, he is bringing bad news and good news. So the first part of Isaiah is sort of like the bad news. And the second part is, but you will return and there's hope, right? Um, And they were actually given this sense of hope before their captivity. So what's really beautiful is that they went into their captivity knowing it wasn't forever, right? That God would be with them. Um, But Isaiah is often appropriated for in the New Testament narrative as promises we can cling to, right, as Christ is coming again. So for Advent, it's really beautiful because it helps us understand the Israelites, and it also helps us understand ourselves, right, the longing that we feel. Like it's not done yet. Things are not complete. Um, In this particular passage, um, Isaiah is being sent into, to the Israelites with words of comfort or consolation. Everyone say the word consolation. Okay. Um, if, does anyone know this song, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus? Okay. It's so good. I have to read the lyrics to you because as I read this, I just, like these lyrics are just so rich. But it says, Come thou long expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins release us. Let us find our rest in thee. Israel's strength and consolation, hope of all the earth thou art, dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart. Isn't that beautiful? And so in Advent, we understand that Jesus was to be the consolation for them, right? The Messiah was the consolation even for us that the Messiah is our consolation. Consolation is comfort received by a person after a loss or disappointment. And so in this passage, um, there are several different voices providing comfort. There's three voices providing comfort or consolation, and we're sort of going to unpack those voices. Um, And again, on my heart is that for those of you that are sitting in some darkness, you're sitting in some waiting that there is comfort for you. It's coming. All right, so verse 1 says, Comfort, comfort, O my people, says your God. So one commentary talks about how it was almost like a heavenly court. You see sometimes in Scripture, you see this in Job. um, There's this gathering sort of in the heavenlies. And it's almost as if God in this sort of heavenly realm, in this group, 
is gathering people together and saying, comfort, comfort my people. So it's a a group of voices that he's talking to. And the fact that he's saying it, comfort again and again, is the fact that we need to be comforted over and over again, right? Because no matter um, what what happens to us, sometimes that comfort doesn't stick, right? We don't always live in the comfort. And so our job as the people of God, is to comfort each other. It's to remind each other that, one, no matter how hard things get, God's people will remain. We see this in 1 Kings 19, right, when Elijah, the prophet, was bemoaning the, what was happening in the, in the country. He was feeling discouraged. He's like, there's no one left. And God came in that still voice and said, oh, but there is. There are still people that profess my name. And I even love that story as a picture of Advent because there's this stillness, right? God comes in the stillness and says, no, it's going to be okay, right? So no matter what, God's people will remain. Um, God desires for us to be comforted no matter how bad things get. He wants to walk with us. Psalm 23 says, though you walk through the valley, what? I will be with you. Not it will be okay, but I will be with you. Um, And then lastly, the role of pastors and prophets are to continue to comfort God's people. Um, We have enough negative voices. We need words of comfort and consolation. Okay? And so that's what uh, is happening in Isaiah is um, Isaiah is just given a hard word, and now there's these words of comfort because we can't just have the hard words, right? Um, Okay, so we're going to move into this first voice, um, verses 3 through 5. So the first consolation is the glory of the Lord or God's presence is a consolation. All right, this is what verses 3 through 5 says. A voice cries out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all people shall see it. Okay, so that that word voice means listen. Someone's crying out, right? So a voice cries out. It's like this pay attention. And so we're giving this passage, which is actually used in reference to John the Baptist, right? In Mark. So let's look at this Mark passage. This is in the lectionary this week. It's Mark 1, 1 through 8. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John appeared baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Okay, so John the Baptist became this prophet that prepared the way. And we too 
need to step into those roles and prepare the way for other people. And so what are we doing? So we're bringing down the valleys. Valleys are the places where we are so heartbroken and so discouraged that we're beyond comfort. Those are the places that the consolation of Jesus can bring down, right? Now the mountains, those are of us, um, the mountains represent those of us who because of our self-sufficiency, I've got this, I've got this, right? We got it, I can do it on my own. I don't need anybody, it's just me and God. It's just, I, that's all I, I just need myself. Those are the ones that are brought down, right? Valleys are brought up, mountains are brought down. Okay, because there's got to be this posture of humility. And then the rough places are words that are contrary to the truth of God. Those are the places that are made straight. Okay, and then this last part, in or, and then when that happens, right, the glory of God appears. The glory here is, is specifically God's presence in a taste and see aspect. So it's I have experienced God right? That becomes a consolation, the very presence of God. And I hope we can begin to collect these moments where as we're sitting in the waiting and as we're sitting in the struggling, and even though the circumstances are not lining up, we have this sense that God is with us and we're comforted. Those are the the experiences that anchor us to this faith, is those real experiences in the time of dark. So we need prophetic voices today, those who will prepare the way for the return of Christ, who comfort those who need comfort, and who can see the presence of God and remind us that we can have hope, right? There have been times where I haven't had the hope, but I've had someone in my life say, no, no, I have seen it. I have tasted and I've seen just hang in there. He is with you and he is coming again. So we have a call not only to receive that, but to be that for other people. All right, the second voice is the word of God. The word of God is consolation because it will not fail. And as someone who often wrestles with doubt and with questioning, I go back and I say, well, how can I know? How can I know that it will not fail? How can I know? And so what we're given here is this imagery of the grass that fades. It's if you look at the brevity of our life, if you look at how quick how dependent, sometimes I think about like my body and how it's just a split second away, right? We are frail, we are like grass, it's beautiful. We all are beautiful, but it is so short. When I contrast that with God, I go, oh, God's word will remain. There is something steadfast and sure. And again, we call that out to each other because when I don't believe, you believe. When you don't believe, I believe. That's why we have community, right? Um, uh, it also sort of um, exposes this idea of, again, of self, self-sufficiency. Those of us who are self-sufficient don't easily respond to this good news, right? The good news of God's word. But as we see in Matthew 5, the poor in spirit, blessed are they because they will crave, they will see their own lack and crave the word of God. Um, And again, this is from the lectionary, 2 Peter 3, 8 through 15. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. 
The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn? It's tough stuff, guys. <laughs> we don't, we're not going to just jump over the, the fact that that is um, not fun to read. So pay attention to those portions in Scripture that you go, ooh, I, I don't know if I like that. And when I read that, I go, I don't really like that at all. And that's okay, right? We wrestle with the Scripture. We wrestle like Jacob with the Word. Um, but according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved... Since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. And count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him. So if nothing, this is a reminder that our time is short. And because of the word of God and because of the, the, the fact that we groan for this full redemption, we need to steward our time well. We talk about this in terms of the good life. Like, what have I been given, and how can I steward that for the kingdom, towards the kingdom? Okay, so we become, again, we remind each other that God's promises are yes and amen. So when I don't believe them, you believe them for me and encourage me. When you don't believe them, I commit to encouraging you and telling you, it's okay, I have the faith for you, and be encouraged. That's why we have community. All right, lastly, this one's my favorite. The third voice is the arm of the Lord. Verses 9 through 11. Get up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. Lift it up. Do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See, the Lord God comes with might and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep. Um, and so this is the imagery of um, the shepherd, but it's a shepherd like David. Um, who can be this warrior and also be this lover, right? But Jesus wasn't the warrior like David. He was a different kind of warrior. So he didn't come to conquer people or lands, but he came to really get in deep and conquer our heart, right? Um, this kind of shepherd exercises general care, is watchful for the particular needs of his sheep and identifies with the concerns of the flock. He holds them close to his bosom. And so I think about this idea of the arm. In this passage, there's a ruling arm and there's a carrying arm. And both are a strong arm, right? The ruling arm is this arm of justice. Okay, we don't need to be scared of that word, right? Those who are poor in spirit want a just ruler, right? We crave justice. We need justice. Justice doesn't mean cruel. Justice doesn't mean weak. We know that Jesus as the servant king, 
that he would lay down his life, that he was um, ready to wash feet. So this kind of justice and humility is not a kind that manipulates the people underneath him. It serves. But then this carrying arm, oh, I love this, this tenderness. And so the arm to me is the ultimate consolation. Because when I think of an arm, I think of being wrapped up in the love of Christ. And that is the ultimate comfort. Um, I so clearly feel God when I hold my children. It is the most intensely that I go, oh, I believe in God's love. When I hold them close, I go, I know, I know this is real. God's love is real because of what, of what this is. When my arms are wrapped around him around my children. And it makes me think of this story of the prodigal son. You guys know this story that prodigal son leaves, he sort of squanders his inheritance, and he comes back. And and the the father, it says, he rose and came to his father. But while he was a still long way off, his father saw him, felt compassion, and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And so, if you will close your eyes. Jesus, will you wrap your arms around us? The arms of justice and the arms of love. Will you allow us to be comforted by your arms? Will you speak into our ear and allow us to be comforted by your words? The truth of who you are and the hope of your return? Will you allow us to be comforted by each other? Will you allow us to taste and see your presence so that we might be comforted by a tangible experience with you as you walk through the valley with us? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I just want to give you guys an opportunity to either just sit in this space and receive. Imagine Jesus' arms wrapped around you, or maybe you need some physical arms. Um, this, is, this is why we are a community, because sometimes you just need someone else's arms to remind you that God's arms are there. So we have people up here praying. If you are sitting in a place of hope, hopelessness or brokenness or darkness, um, maybe you just need to hear some words of encouragement. Let, let our community be consolation and comfort. Um, and maybe you are feeling empowered this morning to be that same voice, the voice in someone else's wilderness that says, comfort, comfort my people. I really pray that this Advent season, we will receive the comfort and we will also choose to give that out. So I'm just going to pray a prayer over you as we close. Jesus, that we would be your people, um, that we would walk humbly with you, and that we would see people the way that you see them this week, that we would go and create spaces to not jump into the busyness, but to be filled by you each moment. We thank you for the gifts that we have as a community, as a nation, as a church. All of these things are blessings. Every good gift we know is from you. Our families clothes, our
our ACs, our cars. We thank you so much, God. You're so good to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you again for joining us today. And please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.